How's it going, everybody? My name is Christian Wagner, and I'm the Militant Thomist, and I'm joined by James. How are you doing today, James? I'm doing really well, Christian. Yeah, sorry about, the, sorry about the camera issues. Uh, we're having a little bit of technical difficulties, but we'll still be able to hear you just fine. Yeah, I don't want my employer coming after me. So I'm yes, yes, on. this is this is just like uh, she, Alex. You could have put on the the, the face mask and everything, <laughs> uh, hide yourself. So, so before we get started, um, remember everybody to uh, to subscribe if you're not subscribed already. That really helps me out to uh, destroy that like button and to comment because we need to wreck that algorithm to get get the word out to everybody to be to be a Thomist. So uh, I think that's oh yeah oh yeah something came today guys the mug <laughs> the militant Thomas mug is now is now live very so I'll put based. that in the very based very based <laughs> you heard it from the man himself so the it, I put the link in the comments and then also I really appreciate it if you guys become a patron because that helps me be one more step to making this my job. So you guys, so I can provide even more high quality content, start writing a lot more, maybe release a few books. Some are in the, in the idea of my mind, in the, um, in the word of my mind. So to, so to speak in a Thomistic way. And, uh, I need time to be able to, uh, to be able to do that and being a wage slave currently, <laughs> I'm good. I don't have, uh, as much time as I'd like to do all this, but we're getting there. We're definitely getting there, so this isn't an un, unachievable goal. You guys have been doing absolutely amazing with, uh, with with getting the word out there. I'm really appreciative to all of you. Um, everything's going really well right now, so I'm really happy with uh, with the progress. And then um, today's today's also uh, Shrove Tuesday, so I'd like to wish all of you a happy Shrove Tuesday um, with proper Anglican patrimony. Make sure you have some pancakes today. <laughs> before you go to bed and to do penance um, for the kingdom of God is at hand. So James, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, some of your background in, in language learning. I'm going to, I might give a little bit of a militant Thomas lore when it comes to my language learning path that I've, I've been taking the last three years. So, uh, so get into that a little bit. Yeah. So actually my background is pretty similar to yours. So grew up Baptist, um, became charismatic. And uh, actually in college, I got into kind of a rowdy Bible study and we were, um, our church was into Piper. And so we we're debating um, Calvinism versus Arminianism. And at some point you kind of run out of verses um, to argue over and you got to dive deeper. And so that's kind of what, where it started for me is like, you see these commentaries and you really can't evaluate them or mm -hmm. different translations and you're kind of just trusting your tribe, so to speak. Yeah. And there's no way to get beyond that. Um, and plus I was just really kind of zealous and there's this idea with translation of it's like seeing your bride without the veil. Like when you get back to the original language and, mm -hmm. and uh, you're just cutting through to see what, like what did Paul actually write or John or whoever and it's very cool and plus hebrew i always i like it's like mysterious and ancient and so that drew me as well um but primarily it was just devotion to god and and to be able to understand and get past just he said she said kind of things yes yes like with my with myself i mean the 
the first reason to, to be perfectly honest, the first reason why I got into uh, language learning was for two reasons. First, uh, because it was a requirement for my degree. And then second, out of, uh, unfortunately, out of pride, like the, the, those were really the two reasons why I, I started learning Greek and then later learning Hebrew. So that, that's, that's why I did it. But as I, as I began to study, I began to see the benefits and then began to nuance um, a bit of uh, how, how I should apply it and then how it, putting it in its proper context. Like it's not something which is the be all end all of, of a theologian, but it's radically important. And the, the Catholic tradition has always upheld that this was something radically important ever since there was the, uh, the retrieval of the languages uh, of the biblical languages around the era of the reformation. And it's almost, and like you were saying, when it comes to commentaries, like I myself would, would read commentary before I started learning Greek and kind of just trust what they're saying. And you can't really understand and can't really understand a lot of the arguments they're going through, although at least I thought I could. But once you once you're able to understand the grammar and, and syntax of a certain language, then you're really able to understand reading commentaries a lot more. It'll, it opens up a whole new world to you where you're able to understand the arguments they're putting forth from the uh, from the syntax and from the grammar of the text. And you're able to evaluate a lot more. It's, it's something that's critically important. Right. So, so like you say, it's not the end all be all, but it's, it's a tool. And um, so I'm, I'm Anglican, you're Catholic, but we both agree on the primacy of scripture and the languages give you access to the scripture directly, um, not mediated through the ESV committee or whoever. So you can just yeah. see what's there. It's also and, very important because a lot of the, because as uh, who was, who was saying Dr. Matthew Levering, I was talking to him earlier. Right. And he was saying that uh, Protestants, like he, when, when it comes to uh, the technical aspects of commenting, Protestants make very good biblical scholars, but um, your general evangelical Protestants are going to have a lot of presuppositions that we don't hold. Um, so, so when reading their, in reading their commentaries, it can, it can shake you a bit. Unless you unless unless you have this background in the languages to where you're able to critically receive the good work that they're doing because it truly right. is amazing work, but also kind of cut out the dross of some of the presuppositions that may be pushing some of their decisions and a lot of the commentaries that we have on scripture too, like you have ESV, NIV, like all the all the popular ones where you go to your you go to your Christian bookstore and pick up a copy of the Bible, or most people just go on Amazon and pick up a copy of the Bible. Right. It's going to be something which were which which have evangelicals in mind because mm -hmm. Catholics don't read scripture. <laughs> yeah, <what's laughs> so it has, yeah, it has evangelicals, <laughs> it has evangelicals in mind. So they're gonna have presuppositions when they translate certain terms, which uh which the Catholic tradition, uh gen broadly speaking, including Anglicans, right. would reject. Right. Um, yeah. And so you just kind of raise a, another point. It's kind of firsthand knowledge versus secondhand knowledge. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what fundamentally just the church has to get back to firsthand knowledge of scripture and the tradition. Because so I'm I'm 42 and I, I got kind of devout, I would say, at um, 1819. And so I've just been churning uh, for like decades and I didn't really know what was good until, say, late 30s. 
And so most of that was just secondhand knowledge that was just bad. Um, so if you can get the languages, if you can get, you know, start reading the fathers, your, your reading plan I actually wrote down. Um, so read, read the fathers, read the Latin and Greek authors, read scripture, read Aquinas, rinse and repeat, you know? <laughs> and so if you do those, you know, read scripture in the original, you know, get your Latin, you know, read the fathers, you know, Augustine, Aquinas, um, and, and, you know, if you're Protestant, you know, keep going, uh, with some later authors, uh, Van Maastricht and Turretin or whoever. Um, but you know, the languages are a critical piece there. Yeah. What anybody, anybody out there who, uh, who d- has never learned another language, they're not going to understand this, but what's very important in this discussion and, and in the, in this benefits of learning a second language is going to be the fact that all translation includes interpretation. Like when when you when you go to a translation, there's always going to be some sort of uh, presuppositions or uh, tendencies or prior commitments that are going to be in the mind of the translator that are going to change the way in which they translate. Which is why we have so many uh, translations of the Bible into English because there's no such thing as a neutral translator. Right. It's just just translating um, cut and dry. That's not how um, language works in itself. There's a lot of uh, interpretation and uh, th- that comes into uh, translating. Well, so let's say you, you're, you know, you're reading your Greek New Testament and uh, you come across a genitive noun. OK, uh, so you got like 15, 20 interpretive options there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, and so in your ESV, you see love of God what does that mean? Is that love for God? Is that God's love for us? You know, you, you don't know what options you actually have unless you can, you know, the languages kind of behind the scenes of that. Yes. Yes. So um, in, in your, in your experience, uh, I'm assuming that, that, you know, Greek better than Hebrew because it's the same way with me because my Hebrew is absolutely atrocious. I speak, I spent uh, like two, two and a half years. I've learned it according to the, all the different methods of, of language learning, and it's still atrocious. But but when you when you're weighing um, our time, because each one of us has limited amount of time, how would you weigh um, the differences between uh, the Greek New Testament and the Hebrew Old Testament? Yeah, I mean, if I was going to learn the languages, um, say if I was giving advice to my twenty year old self, I would say do Greek. And then Latin and then Hebrew. Um, actually, Hebrew is my favorite, <laughs> to be honest. I just, like I said at the beginning, it was just so cool looking and so ancient. That kind of drew me. You know, the, you're reading these writings that are like 3,000 years old, you know, and something about that really struck me. Um, but I, just practically speaking for the needs of the church in the 21st century, um, yeah, I would say Greek and then Latin and then Hebrew. So, um, could you get into a bit about different language learning methods? Because everybody thinks that when you're, when you, when you want to learn a language, you just go and pick up, uh, mounts in his, uh, in his work on, on learning grammar and syntax, but there, it's actually a little bit deeper than that, right? Right. So you've got a couple main options. Um, and full disclosure, I started out with mounts, but fluent Greek, um, my Greek course is the opposite of mounts. So I'm intentionally not doing mounts. Um, so what mounts will give you, um, 
and I think he's the model, that model, I, I don't know the name of it, I forget. Um, but the, that model of language learning is um, you're basically memorizing a lot of parsing tables um, with very little vocabulary. So in that Mounts recommends, I think, what, 200 vocabulary words, mm -hmm. something like that, and just tons of charts. So the end of Mounts is like 30 pages worth of charts that you're supposed to internalize. Um, and then lots of grammar. And so you, you've, you've gone through an entire course like that and you actually haven't read anything. Um, so Mounts doesn't introduce verbs until chapter 15. And so you've gone through 14 chapters and you haven't read a sentence yet, yeah. you know? And so now contrast that, just think about how a person learns the language naturally. Basically, you know, um, when you were born, the language is just coming at you, so to speak. You're just encountering it in your environment. And over time, you just picked little bits up and your brain figured out what it meant. You stored that after you repeated it sometimes. You learn something else. And then over time, you know the language. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's the kind of method I'm, I've gone with. And basically, um, so I started Greek 20 years ago using the traditional method. And then, you know, I went to seminary, aced my classes, and I still couldn't read Greek. Um, and it was just so frustrated. Um, so I, I tell the story on, on my website. Um, but basically, I just started, like, you know, searching YouTube. Like, okay, I know there's people out there that know languages, like how they do it. And so they're called polyglots. So there's people that just learn languages for fun. And the general concept is just what I said. It's called comprehensible input. So you try to encounter the language in a simple way you can understand and then just do it over and over. And so essentially... Yes, that's uh, that's also kind of my experience. When I first went into Greek, um, what, what, what exact textbook did we use? I think it might have been KMP. Um, what was that stand for? Uh, Kosenberger, oh yeah, Merkel, and I can't remember the last guy's name. But yeah, that that's what that's what we used um, mm -hmm. for my at least my intermediate. I can't remember my my beginner Greek, but I mean we that was a lot better than most. Uh, mm -hmm. We we did encounter a lot more, but still, I mean, I took our the the full two years that that we had to take, and I couldn't couldn't really really read. And I mean, I tried on my own, got a reader's New Testament, tried to read and read and read, and it wasn't really helping. And then I encountered um, Ancient Language Institute and Davenant, mm -hmm. and then also, um, what is it? Alpha with Angela, which is the YouTube videos, uh, the, those the mm -hmm. stuff like that, right. which, um, which, which gave me a bit of, from that already the grammatical background that I have, it gave yeah. me some reading experience. Right. And once I started actually applying that in a in a simple way over and over and over again, it right. really definitely did help me. Um, really, really did help me uh, learn learn the language for real. So right. you mentioned you mentioned uh, fluent Greek. So would you uh, would would you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, and so because of that experience of frustration, you know, you go to seminary. And you, you're so excited to go to these classes because you think you're going to learn the languages and you're going to learn theology. And, and that's actually not, um, not necessarily what happens, you know, so there, 
there might be like 5% of seminary graduates that actually are learned enough to use it. Uh, was that a fair mm -hmm. percent? That would probably like be a that? fair percent. Yeah. Yeah. So you've spent like $4,000 on this language course and you're not using it. And so, um, and then just in, uh, in my life, I'm thinking, you know, how can I help the church? And, and this, this language problem is just low hanging fruit. You got a, what is this a $20 million industry with a 95% failure rate? It's like, okay, there, there we go. Let's attack this. And so then it's like, okay, if I was going to like create a language course, what would I do? And then it's just, okay, let's implement the polyglot method. You know, here's these people that really actually learn languages. Let's just do what they say. And so basically in the past two years, I've kind of developed this program, which is fluentgreeknt.com, where I've essentially sorted the Bible into like levels by difficulty and frequency. Mm -hmm. And it's just presenting you with material that's readable. So would you like to uh, would you like to share your screen and then uh, go over the website a little bit with us? Yeah, yeah, and full, sure. And full disclosure, um, actually, uh, we're we're going to be partnering James and I, and he is he's going to become a sponsor of the program. So if you use code militant, uh, if if you want to uh, use fluent Greek, and to either if you absolutely are garbage at Greek and you need to learn it, or even if you're a beginner, you can. Uh, you can um, get a good deal if you use the code militants. So uh, I'm going to share your screen so you can uh, give us a little bit about it. Yeah. And let me know if I need to zoom in or anything. We good? Yeah, you're good. Okay, cool. Okay. So I've set this up. I've got the syllabus page, which just basically describes the progression through the course. And I'll go ahead and go to the, to the bottom, which has the steps. So what's the link fluentgreeknt.com? Dot com. Yeah, fluentgreeknt.com. Um, yeah, so the homepage, you can you can sign up for there. It's free two-week trial, so you can cancel at any time. Use uh, Militant to save 20%. Okay, so, you know, I'm assuming people are starting with nothing. And so I've got, you know, an alphabet page. I've got a, a YouTube channel where I do pronunciation videos. It's just Fluent Greek. Um, I've got vocabulary flashcards up top, so you can just start out drilling, and this is purely by frequency, so most common to least common. Now, going back to our discussion about method, you don't actually want to use flashcards. That's hyper inefficient. You want to learn the words as they kind of come at you in the language. But, you know, for your first, just to get a jump start, you can kind of use this for a bit. And then additionally, I've got a paradigm page. And so what I recommend here is these are the most common words, words that you're going to encounter with typical endings. And so you would kind of want to memorize these as well as your verb types. So luo is kind of your, your most typical paradigmatic um, verb. So we'll just click present active indicatives. That's what you start the program with. Click go, and then you just go through the deck. It's randomized, and this is how you memorize them, essentially. So one cool thing, going back to the paradigms, um, I've got this common ending breakdown, and the idea here is that 
there's lots and lots of endings. You know, I mentioned Mounts' 30 pages of charts or whatever, but like 25% um, or so of noun and adjective endings are these 20, 20 endings here. So if you just like learn these, you'll get most of it. So uh, again, the program is about just efficiency and ease. Like how do we maximize reading and minimize effort? So I'll go ahead and jump straight into the core of the program. So this is called Versteck. And so um, if you don't know a word, which you're not supposed to at the beginning, you just click on it. So I and B, you know, and you don't recognize it, you just click C paradigm, you get the whole chart. And this works for every, every word, basically. Um, so for example, you can do a me as well. You click C paradigm, it'll give you the full breakdown. Now you're not necessarily supposed to memorize all these, but you can kind of start to recognize patterns. And then what I recommend people do is go to um, Apple Gateway and you can just check your, check your translation. So I've set it up, um, ESV and net, I think are kind of the most reliable and the net has a lot of notes. Mm -hmm. And so you'll start out with just trying to figure it out and you don't know anything at the beginning, you know, just imagine, you know, you're dropped off in Germany and have to learn German. So you're just mm -hmm. building block by block slowly. So I and the father one are, okay. You can kind of sort that out and then, you get an idea in your head and then you compare it with English and then you just go to the next one and just keep going. So again, you can see the paradigm and then you just kind of work, work through verse by verse. Um, so these levels are sorted um, by word frequency. So I'm, I'm prioritizing common words that you're going to see a lot. And easy word, uh, easy verses. So uh, hard verses are sorted to later in the program. So the program is roughly forty five hundred verses, which is over half the New Testament. And plus, these these verses are repeated, so that you get some. Uh, it's called space repetition. It kind of gets drilled into your your mind that way. Mm -hmm. And you can choose the um, the spacing between them. So, for example, you read this verse today. You'll see it again two days later, and then you'll see it two weeks later. And then you just keep going. And if you want to memorize a word, you can just add it to your vocabulary flashcards. But, you know, if you if you kind of find that overwhelming, I start out at the very beginning with just like, here's just a snippet. So I, I am, and then I translate it, and then I explain it. Okay. So real, realistically, let's say most people are going to put in a half an hour a day. So realistically, um, starting, starting from nothing, or maybe just starting from a very beginner, uh, a standpoint, how, how many months do you think this would, this would take to get to, uh, let's, let's say 50% because about 50%, you can struggle your way through, uh, some, some verses in the new Testament. Right. Um, so to go through the entire program, you know, I figure it'll take two years, let's mm -hmm. say, it, you know, half hour a day or a bit more. 
um, because again, you're going through over 4,000 verses multiple times. Um, so, but it really depends on your goals. Um, because mm -hmm. again, the goal is fluency here. Um, almost nobody is actually at that level. Um, so if you use it for a year, you're like in the top 0.5 percentile of, mm -hmm. you know, seminary graduates or, or whatever. Um, so basically the point is to, to, to present you with actual Greek text that you can read. And the more time you give to that, the better you can read Greek, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I noticed that, that with myself is even, even I tried to, uh, skip to a, a second level class because I was like, oh, I already knew, I already had two years of Greek. Like when I go to the natural method, I could definitely go to a second level class. And then I, I went there and they're reading like 15 to 20 pages of Greek text a, a week. Right. And, and I, I had read as at most maybe a chapter out of, out of, out of Holy scripture. So, so you were really going to be in, in a very short amount of time. These people had only been through probably three, four months of, of one class. And, and they already were, were far ahead than somebody like me who would be considered seminary graduate level. I, right. I would be considered the the top 10% of seminary graduates when it comes to Greek, because I mean, I got all A's in my Greek classes too. Most people dropped out. Like right. I, I saw myself as a very good uh, Greek learner. And then once you, once you hit the natural method, it's just an entire, it, it is an entire uh, different world of, of being a fluency and being able to actually read. And then right. uh, how much, how much did you say it was a month? So 15 bucks a month. So the goal, you know, the idea is 10 times better results for less than a 10th of the price, mm -hmm. just round numbers, of course, Yeah, this isn't scientific, but, um, so let's say a seminary program is 4,500 at current prices and this takes two years. So, you know, whatever that math is, you know, oh, yeah, that's far, far less than far less yeah, 300 than bucks uh, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, the, the real power, you know, you mentioned reading it. Um, so let me, I'll pull up a, a chapter. So like something like, let's say first John, um, which is the easiest chapters in the Bible, you know, straight away, you know, you're encountering second perfects, <laughs> you know, um, which aren't even covered. And, you know, the first two Greek classes you're going to read, um, and so immediately you're kind of encountering, if you actually want to sit down and read the Bible, you're encountering things that are, you haven't really covered. Um, so perfects are, are covered towards the end of Greek courses. And second, like I said, second perfects aren't even covered at all. Um, so the power of fluent Greek is I've actually kind of sorted the Bible by difficulty. Um, so you're not going to see, you know, a difficult infinitive or, you know, subjunctive or whatever for a long time, mm -hmm. because what I, what programming, you know, using computer code allows you to do is I, I can sort it and, uh, you know, if it gets too hard, just, you know, you can reset and do all kinds of things that you can't do in print. And, you know, I've kind of stripped away all the dross and it's just purely like getting you reading. That's the entire idea with this program, because what happens is people get excited and it takes too long to complete and they quit. And so the idea here is like, how can I get people reading as just as quickly as possible while they, they've still got the motivation to keep going? Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, and seeing seeing results is always the the best motivation. Right. It's like we're we're very quick feedback loop sort of sort of people. Right. Yeah, this looks this definitely looks really, really amazing. Is there anything else on the on the website you'd like to well a couple of things. About? So um one thing is this is all about habits because I mean my belief is that if you use the program, you're gonna learn Greek. Um, but using it, that's just all about building good habits. So what I did is I built in a task app into the, into the program. And so depending on your level, what you do is you enter kind of what you want to work on on a given day. And then that's going to be presented to you every day. And then you check it off and then it's going to say, tell you how many days in a row you've got it. And so the goal is really just keep your streaks going. And if you keep your streaks going, you're going to learn Greek. You know? Yes. And uh, I've I've also realized because you guys might be a little scared to hear 30 minutes a day. Oh, my gosh, that's so much time. But I remember I, I'm sure you remember this, too, is when you're going through a seminary Greek class, I was probably spending three hours a day on Greek. Right. For for a, probably almost two years. I mean, there's breaks between my semesters. But three hours a day for almost two years, and and I got out of it not not too much, especially except right. that I still remember my paradigms. But with with this, I mean, thirty minutes—that's a absolute steal. Plus, it's even better than what you're going to get uh, at a seminary because of the advanced pedagogical tools and uh, and and all the other upgrades you've you put into it. Right, right. So a couple. Um... Other things actually give you a choice of textbook based on the type of person you are. Um, you know, normally a seminary class, you're just going to be assigned a certain thing, but there's mm -hmm. different um, textbooks that are good based on different types of people. Um, and another thing is I've got a um, recommending a intermediate grammar straight away because um, since we're actually reading Greek, you know, a, a intro textbook isn't going to prepare you for that. For example, Genitive is only going to say it means of, you know, so yeah. you're not going to be able to use the New Testament based on based on that. So, you know, I'm, I've changed things up just again, just totally focused on getting you reading Greek. Um, OK, that sounds that sounds good. Anything else you'd uh, you'd like to add? No, no, I think that's good. OK, I'm going to bring you back up here. So uh, thank you, everybody, for 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 joining us today. And thank you, James. This is, uh, this is definitely a really amazing, amazing tool right here. So, yeah. um, Thanks for that's, sure. that's all I have. Uh, make sure you go to fluent, fluent Greek, nt.com. Right. That's the, that's the website. It's in the, it'll be in the description when I edit this video. And then if you use code militant, that is 20% off. You get to help the program grab a mug like you, it all all benefits <laughs> you get all the benefits well and you get to uh you get to help the show out and you get to be a uh be the first catholic to read the bible because we know catholics don't read the bible right? <laughs> <laughs> so so thank you james um uh any anything else you would like to plug no no actually i think uh i think i might have uh i might have um Remembered something for you to plug. Uh, your the Twitter account to to fluent Greek. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you. Yeah, so I'm going to start doing a verse of the day on my fluent uh, fluent Greek account on Twitter. Yes, yeah, so. so I'll put that in the description. It is at fluent Greek. 
So uh, follow him there if you want more information about this. Uh, go to the website. And I think that's all. So thank you for being on, James. Yeah, you're welcome. So Thanks everybody, sure. remember to do penance for the kingdom of God is at hand. Glory.